Welcome and thanks for listening. My name is Christian Buckley and you're listening to the Collab Talk podcast. In this episode, I'm talking with Sean McDonough, Chief Technology Officer with Bitstream Foundry, on the topics of Microsoft Teams Essentials and the state of the freemium model within the software industry. Good question. I don't understand how the back end is engineered. Yeah, no how my wife was my wife has accused me of that before. But yeah, <laughs> how your back end is engineered? <laughs> Mine's ergonomically uh, conforming to the shape of my chair. There you go. We're we are jello molds in life. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes literally. Well, because we all need aspirations. <laughs> Uh, working on my assets right now. Uh, all right. So, hello and welcome to another episode of the Collab Talk podcast, where we discuss the convergence of technology, business productivity, and collaboration culture. And I'm joined today by uh, Mime School dropout and part time foot model, Sean McDonough, a, for radio. <laughs> a longtime SharePoint MVP and chief technology officer at Bitstream Foundry LLC. Hello, Sean. Hello, Christian. Thanks for joining me. Uh, we're focusing today on several Christmas. Topics. Christmas. Yes, it's this is the holiday spectacular. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, we're focusing today on the topics of. Oh, hey. So is that is that a? Um, oh, it is a cactus. Does it dance? It dances. It well. There's a story behind this. I'll let you get through your intro first. Right. Yeah. That, I'm just going to say that for folks that, you know, you, you, you obviously can't see it's a podcast, but uh, yeah. So it's like, like you have the dancing fish. See the voice motion. It's a dancing cactus, like a holiday cactus. About 25 years ago, this was a secret Santa gift from my boss at the time. She was my secret Santa. Mm -hmm. And he sings Feliz Navidad. He's a dancing cactus with a sombrero and some sunglasses. <clears throat> and <clears throat> I had him for years. And when my children were born, um, shortly after they could walk around and get mobile, this poor little cac cactus suffered catastrophic injury. In fact, he stopped dancing. He would sing and he'd kind of twitch. <laughs> and I came to call him the broke back cactus. <laughs> um, and interestingly enough, my wife went looking for another one for ages, could never find one. So she meticulously one year, like, uh, yet last year or the year before she unstitched him and went in and basically did bionic surgery on the cactus mm. so that he could once again dance. Uh, now it's a that Christmas the miracle, old, it is a Christmas miracle, wow. you know? Tiny Tim and all it's, you know, I've got broke back cactus that, you know, if, uh, if, if that is not a Christmas miracle story, then I don't know what is Sean. So that's, yeah. well, let's just call it what it is. <laughs> well, today actual topics I wanted to talk about. Uh, so a couple of announcements, so, you know, the team's essentials I want to talk about that. And as a part of that, kind of the state of the freemium model and get your thoughts on that. I know it was, well, there's a lot we could talk about. 
Um, a little bit about Windows 11, because you've been out there playing with that, haven't you? Did you load up all your computers with that? I've been running it for six to nine months now. I think close to a year. I got it on the uh, Windows Insider build when they pushed it out uh, initially. Well, I want to talk about that. And then if we have time, minor topic of share channels, whatever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a that's a big one. Uh, but we'll we'll see what we have time for. But uh, so, but I I did want to start off with the first question for you, Sean. Um, because uh, it's important that we cover this material in the podcast. Uh, this, oh boy, it's a, the collab talk, the weekly podcast. What are your thoughts on selling sunsets? Chrishell uh, Stoss and Jason Oppenheim splitting up only after five months of confirming the romance. Why do I feel like I'm being asked about Horses End again in Boston? Oh, no, this is a legit thing. I, I, like, I believe it is. Selling, you're not watching Selling Sunset? Uh, Season I'm four, a, when they have like the Instagram type filters on to make everybody look perfectly beautiful all the time, but completely fake. I don't know what the flip you're talking about. I, all right. I watch let's very just little move television. On. Let's just table that for now. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's let's. Wow. So That's, apparently I, someone's not no watching thoughts. TLC. Wow. No thoughts. No thoughts. <laughs> or as Homer Simpson would say, leave me alone with my thought. Yeah. So I have the I have the typical like my wife is into all the uh, like the first 48. And if there's a show that's put on one of the streaming services where someone is murdered and 10 years later, they still haven't found the person who did it. Like she's into those shows. Like Friend so many shows. There was an the SNL skit. There's an SNL skit about that, like about <laughs> all of the uh, the the work from the stay at home moms that are into the murder shows. And I'm like, if if I just say that, if I ever like disappear and they never find my body, Sean, I'm just telling you, you know where to start. Start no, with don't tell me because then I'll be next. All that up. <laughs> I'll be next. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My wife's into Ted Lasso. That's the only relatively new show I've seen. That's a good thing to be into. I love that show. It is very uplifting, and that's one of the things. My wife is looking for any source of joy in the world right now, given how dark and depressing it can get. And Ted that's Lasso is to to. very yeah. inspiring. Yeah, it's uh, what I keep telling. It's, it's funny, and I, I I've been trying to get anyone in my family to go watch it, and they all refuse to watch it. Like my oldest really? son is like. I'm not into soccer, Dad. I'm like, it's not about soccer. Just and like Fight Club's not about fighting. Right. Sean, we don't talk about Fight Club, though. Sorry. It's the first rule. You should know that. I should. No, but it's what I love about Ted Lasso. I keep saying it's like it, it, it is overwhelmingly optimistic. I I love that aspect of it. I've always look. I'm, I'm a, fun, a fan of his from SNL. And I mean, my, my, one of my favorite skits on SNL is, um, uh, uh, what's up with that. And, uh, and it, and all he does there is he's just the dancer, but he just has that, that same kind of free spirit, that optimistic, uh, just that, that I guess, stupid look on his face. Yeah. <laughs> Overly Dumb optimistic. And happy. Yeah. But uh, no, that show is fantastic. So I'm I'm looking forward to the next season of that. If you have, if you're listening to this, if you have not taken the time to go watch Ted Lasso and you're looking for some optimism, some, you know, somebody who is, you know, going through a pretty crappy period. And I know it's a fake, it's a show, people. It's like, but he's, uh, you know, 
he's so overly sappy and positive that his wife divorces him because of it. Sorry, I should have prefaced that. Spoiler. (laughs) Um, But, you know, that that you kind of get that vibe in the first 10 minutes of the first episode of that. There's something going down there. But anyway, I'm really not spoiling anything of the show. That's, you know, but it just kind of is part of that is because he's so overly optimistic. Great show. Anyway, so let's talk about Teams Essentials. So, uh, you know, I I know that with the various AMAs that we've done and stuff, like there have been over the the last couple of years, a lot of questions about, you know, what is, what's the difference with like the free Teams version and things that are out there and, uh, you know, and and Microsoft is is always kind of battled that. And this, this is the broader topic around the freemium model as well of you have these <clears throat> less functional, less feature rich, but free or freemium, nearly free, inexpensive other collaboration solutions that are out there, which have always been, you know, competition for teams. Like, you know, uh, you have people that are not solidly within the Microsoft ecosystem. They're not using, you know, the, the suite of tools. Maybe they're using Office, um, but they'll use Slack. They'll use other chat tools and like, why do I need Teams? And then they'll have a dozen other solutions to sort of cover the features that are in like just Teams, you know, as a standalone. When Microsoft finally came out with, I think, uh, you know, realizing that they needed to close the gap on the free freemium side of things, they've created Microsoft Teams Essentials, which is a standalone offering designed specifically with small businesses in mind. So it has a bunch of those features. It's the core team's capabilities, but also bundles with that, um, you know, video calling, group chat, file sharing, calendaring for what, four bucks a user a month. Yeah. So they're just trying to make it stupid simple, you know, for for, for people to go and find it and, and utilize it. And yeah, so what is, uh, so, I mean, it's so it's not the freemium model. I guess there's anybody can go in if they're invited into to Teams. I'm right. not sure what that free experience, you know, is, is really like. Yeah, I, I and unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, I've always had, you know, paid for a version of Teams, um, like you know, so many other folks who do what we do. I've got. Boku tenants and it you know the bigger problem for that's me a is lot of tenants by the way it's it's, it's yeah, on that scale it's at least from 50. not much to a whole lot of i think boku is like is at the upper end of that scale yeah the finer end of the scale yes <laughs> it's but um is that a metric know. measurement is what is this the scale there <laughs> yeah yeah uh all right anyway see. sorry yeah anyway um any ca- in any case, uh, I've my bigger challenge has always been, you know, switching between the right tenants and making sure I could do it. But for, you know, I the only experience I have with people who don't have teams is, you know, they've joined a meeting or a webcast or something that's put on. And so there's obviously a receiving experience there. I don't know that it's any different. Um, are you hearing me? Okay. I'm getting a bad network quality message. 
Yeah, no. It's been I think Teams was sensing I was talking potentially derogatorily about it and <laughs> said, you better watch it, buddy. I'm going right. to cut you off. Yeah. But um, yeah, so the the whole idea is, you know, at least with Teams Essentials, you pay your four bucks and you can originate those calls and do all of that stuff. And you've got genuine control over it as opposed to just accepting an invite or participating in something that someone else has started. And, you know, for that four bucks, I think it's, well, depends on your organization, but four bucks is not a tremendous amount for a small company. Well, the other month. side of that too is let's say you're a small company, five people or something you're paying for. And, you know, so I had, uh, you know, a, a year ago, so just had my one year anniversary with that point. So yes, uh, but a year ago, so I, so I had a, you know, paid version of that. So I had, um, because I've had my my kids, my wife uh, on there, my in-laws, you know, so that they have a tenant they can go and use stuff. We could do family type things, but where I so I had enough uh, you know seats as part of that package where where I had some of my part-time my, the the grad students that I worked with, part-time employees working for me. Uh, you know, I always had enough licenses for that. One of the benefits of that, uh, you know, if you don't have that, if you're not paying for that kind of bundle, um, is just having support. So if you do have a technical issue, uh, and so that's a that's a downside. Like with a through a freemium of anything, like you're just you you, you kind of have to rely on. Let's go look on YouTube and see if anybody has resolved this issue I'm experiencing. But if you run into something that is a specific issue with your tenant, um, you you really don't have many options with the free. And yeah, so having that bare bones, you're at the mercy of the community. You know. Right. Some jokers do these ask me anything uh, yeah. uh, video webcasts and things, and everybody's got an opinion, and you've got to make sense of it. Don't, yeah, no. I, no, I don't trust those people. The government listens in. That's right. <laughs> For those that aren't aware, Sean and I uh, started during the at the beginning of the pandemic. We we started with a group of, of fellow MVPs, a what was a weekly panel yeah. and, and ask me anything panel where we were answering and we did that for 61 weeks in a row which is insane it is insane and then we moved it to monthly and we did that for about what six months and then we it's bounced around yeah we've yeah. it's now and we're now doing we're the... doing we're still doing it but we're chopping them up into standalone like uh, the, each Bite question size segments yeah there you go. Bite size, uh, you know, easier fun to size. consume. Fun, fun size. sized. I like that. It's the fun size. My yes. mom, I got my mother a t-shirt years ago. It says, I'm not short. I'm fun sized. So <laughs> that's just a common quote in my, uh, bucket. Yes. But it's a, what's nice about doing that too, is that it, it we can, uh, you know, we're, we're having fun with that. I actually, I really like that whole concept of, we have this is how we do it, folks. So we have a spreadsheet that we share and we have columns for each of us and we post questions that we think need to be answered and that we possibly have an answer for that are coming from the community. We pull those from a number of different locations. We pop that in the spreadsheet and then there's about how many are there now? There's like a, there's a dozen or more of us that are on that spreadsheet and we each go in and mark off the ones that we are interested in talking about and prepared to talk about yeah. and 
And then what we do is we just schedule some times, different times, a couple times each month. And anybody who can make the call joins in. So we might have four people on a call. We might have, you know, 10 people on a call that show up. And then we go in and we look at where there's an intersection of multiple people that want to answer uh, uh, that question. And we only address those questions where there are multiple people that want to talk about it. We have a conversation and we chop that up into hashtag M365 AMA and publish it out on YouTube and out on my blog. And um, but you can go and find those those answers. And so a video conversation might last for three minutes. It might be 15 minutes, depending on the topic. And some, yeah. we go sideways sometimes where we sometimes. answer. Well, it's well, because we don't always I, part of it. The, part of the problem with that being asynchronous, somebody posting a question out on a website, out on a Facebook group, for example, or out on Microsoft Tech Community, we have no way of going back and asking refining questions. Like, what did you mean by this? What it doesn't version... stop us from doing it. <laughs> well, that's fact, fact. Yeah. It's like, like, we don't know what version they're on. We don't know what other things, other, uh, you know, other attributes of their system are that would be relevant in our answer. And so sometimes we have to kind of explore creatively. <laughs> what a possible- Is that what we're calling it now? <laughs> yeah. Well, like for example, we had one, um, I don't remember what it was, but where we went into a longer governance discussion. So there was the technical question and and an answer for that. And then we had like a 10 minute discussion around the governance impacts of that question, which is not what they asked, but darn it, we were going to answer. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. An answer looking for a question potentially. Yeah. But uh, one of the nice things about that format is, you know, having, I think you would, you know, we would get the questions ahead of time previously, but I think in this current form of doing the bite-sized snippets, it's, you know, people can actually do a bunch of advanced research on a question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know, you know, a couple of times I've done it, I've, I've dropped links in the, in the spreadsheet and. Yeah, well, that's when we were doing someone. it. When we were doing the the weekly live stream show, I mean, it, you like the question would ask, and there'd be like a pause, and you'd hear the clicking of keyboards because we were all <laughs> hitting search. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. there's if that's not a statement about. Than, yeah, yeah. If that's not a statement about how the supposed you know pros go out and you know find the answers, do you do the math on that one? So. Well, a lot of it too. I mean, where we just we kind of go through uh, some of the questions. You're right. I mean, th that's what's different about this one. I think we are doing a little more pre-work, but that's that's the point. Is I might look at something, and say, "Yeah, I want to discuss that," but let me go. I, like, uh, here's what my experience has been. Here's what I think the answer is. Let me go and validate some of that, and let me find some relevant links to like Microsoft Docs or other blogs that I follow or let's pull in some relevant information. So yeah, better quality response. I'm a fan of the format. Yeah, I'm liking it too. So two thumbs up between us. All right. Yeah. So again, you can, uh, you can find those out on uh, the other branding that I did for it. It's the, it's the shocking blue background. <laughs> um, and blue. Yeah, and then everybody that participated in each of the discussions around that topic, it's got their pretty faces on the bottom of that. So, yeah, and us, yeah, 
and us <laughs> and Sean and I. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, so um, so back yeah. to selling Sunset. Um, Completely. I, I was surprised when Trishel <laughs> and Jason started the relationship um, just because I think he's like three foot six or something. But um, and and her boss. So it was you knew it was going to be something. There's going to be some, you know, drama. What's this show called? Let's move on, Sean. All right, so back over to the, to the state. Of, it's called Selling Sunset. Sean, come on. Selling Sunset. Okay. Yeah, so I'm out just trying to figure out what Christian is talking about. Yeah, I'm completely. Yeah, it, it is. You know what this is like? Is, uh, when my wife and I, this. when we were engaged, and then early in our marriage, one of our favorite things to do was to head over to uh, Sunrise Mall in... Uh, Sacramento, California, and sit and people watch in a couple different mm. areas and and watch people just just interesting. Um, that's something that uh, we actually just did on Sunday. We were in uh, Maui and uh, we were sitting and watching people, and I'm just like, you know, it's it's interesting. <laughs> I think nowadays there's an extra premium on that, especially since so many of us are hunkering down, uh, trying to avoid too much gratuitous social contact. Yeah. Um, so being able to sit around and actually watch people live, I think that would be even more fun than normal at this point. Yeah, it's it's fun just to and watch the you know the the you, you, you go and have like the 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 inner the the narrative going of like you know what what are people doing just by watching their interactions with each other and the the kind of playfulness or the like the why are you watching me why do you have those binoculars are you recording <laughs> what those yeah. kinds of looks you know that you get what are you gonna do with that wire. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you coming uh, over here? Yeah, exactly. Um, Do you and your wife make up stories for the people that you uh, um, uh, occasionally? But we usually do it in the context of like shows that we've seen where they were watching people. Like there's, uh, I I think of um, like an episode of The Office where Jim and Pam are sitting and they send Dwight into the conference room um, to <laughs> interact with a. A, a a woman and and they're narrating like what he might be Doing saying the blow by blow yeah and so when we sit and come up with stories then we pretend to be uh, like I pretend to be Jim pretending to be Dwight talking <laughs> so I, I think that in my mind but that's very the meta of, that's 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 how my mind works so yes no but uh, so you know when I had my startup in the late nineties. Um, so my company Kosis, um, which sold, we sold the rational software in early 2001, you know, the big thing of all, all of the, so that was right in the midst of the dot-com era. So we watched all that. Yeah, and of course boom. we were out looking for funding right as the implosion started. Perfect timing. It was not a good time to be out looking for money. <laughs> um, yeah, and nothing more frustrating than going to some of these VC events. And we we did presentations to V to a couple dozen VCs and had multiple meetings with multiple VCs. And and but it was just it it very quickly became a dark time. We were about three months too late for the window, and we would have gotten the funding. 
um, and been watching all these idiotic ideas that got fully funded. You're like, how did you get money? Money is like, oh yeah, well that was our second round. Like, oh, uh. boy. anyway, but a lot of it was around this the freemium model concept, and Microsoft has never like really well never really done a freemium model. No, it ran counter to the the culture and the general approach. I think um, it's good that they finally. Well, you know, when Satya joined up and headed things after uh, Bill G uh, and Bomber went on their way, I think a lot of things opened up at that point and different mode of thinking in general. I know a lot of, you know, ex-Microsoft people just love the Bomber area and uh, the way mm-hmm. the company operate, operated, but... Um, and I'm did, being sarcastic. Sa- did Satya own the did he manage the open source efforts? Was that ever ever under him? I don't know if it was under him, but I he was clearly a big advocate for it. And I mean, he's the whole reason the world doesn't absolutely hate Microsoft at this point. Uh, because mm-hmm. Microsoft was, you know, in an alternate timeline, I think at this point in time, Microsoft would be much maligned and uh thought of poorly. You know, after we got through the um, the antitrust sort of stuff and bundling and, you know, everybody wanted to pile on Microsoft. And nowadays, every, it's kind of a rare flip that, you know, Microsoft is actually amongst younger generations in particular, not the bad guy, but people don't mind piling on Apple now. So, yeah, and it was inverted back then. Right. So. And, and yeah, I, well, I, and I agree. A lot of that has to do with with Satya and his his attitude. I always go back to the the partner conference. So rebranded now is Inspire. So it's the Microsoft's. Uh, it was the the well just massive partner event. It's yeah, typically in Vegas. WPC. Yeah, it used to be. Yeah, uh, it, yeah, it used to be WPC. It was uh, so it's now uh, Inspire. Um, every July in Vegas. So it's just the best time to be in Las Vegas. <laughs> Absolutely. The heat's um, dry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a dry heat. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how. Let's <laughs> just ignore that. Move along. Uh, no, but uh, so in his, I think that was his first or one of his first, uh, first or second major keynote as new CEO. And he talked about, and you know, I'm very much paraphrasing here, but said that, you know, we, we need to look at the end to end customer need. So it wasn't, uh, so he, he said something to the effect of, you know, our, our goal is to build the best software out there, software and solutions out there. He says, but where we don't have the best solution, which was a shocking thing for him to say, and he says, or where we don't have a solution at all, we need to partner with, integrate with, so that we are supporting that end to end, I'm holding my hands you know, wide apart, like uh, like I'm saying, it's this giant, the fish was this big, you know, looking at the customer saying, hey, from the end to end experience is this, we might only do of 10 parts, we might do parts one, two, four, seven, eight, nine, and 10. And where we don't have the best support and integrate, where we don't have a solution, recognizing the customers trying to do one through 10, we need to do everything possible to make sure that we help with that process, which means things like the open open data, you know, uh, interface, the the uh, the 
you know, sharing of information with competitors across these solutions and platforms. Um, yeah. So was it the, is it the open data initiative? Was that, the, so that's the thing with like partnership with like Adobe and SAP and other big companies of sharing inf information across these systems so that, um, you know, it, you know, ERP integration becomes easier. It becomes, uh, you know, well, by being more open by providing more connectedness between these different solutions and these different systems and people are more likely to go and select microsoft solutions knowing that hey well we can you know we can back back out if it doesn't fit or we can integrate with these other key systems it's right. not locked yeah that was uh, i mean i'm sure a lot of folks who might be listening are like well yeah that's the way everything is these days but the the key point is you know back uh, circa 2000 everything at microsoft was intellectual property it was all ip that the company owned and you know not quite trade secret kind of stuff but there were barriers to sharing broadly and if microsoft didn't have a solution the old way of doing things was to try and barge their way in and put something out there yeah um and you know like your Zoom. <laughs> hey, don't malign the Zoom. Come on, come on. I just had yeah. to pick on the Zoom. But yeah, it's, you know, one of these things where they'd bring something in and oftentimes, no, it was not best of breed or industry leader. And, but it was Microsoft's attempt to get in. And it's almost never cheaper to reinvent the wheel. In fact, I, I can think of almost no instances of where it is. So for Microsoft to say, hey, we don't always have the best, but we see something that is, and we want to work with those people. You know, it's a full reprioritization from a corporate perspective. Instead of it's all, all about our IP, now it's it truly is about the customer and what are we doing to enable them? It puts the company's priorities almost second to the customers. And I realize there's, you know, it's not that striated, but there is a definite switch in perspective you know, at this point from how it was around the turn of the well, millennium. Well, case in point, though, even later than that, but uh, you know, when I was at Microsoft and we had the, you know, the annual, uh, uh, you know, all employee, all hands meeting, it was down in the, um, I'm sorry, I, I like lived in Seattle for 12 years. What's the name of the stadium where the Mariners play? Oh, anyway, that one where the Mariners play. Um, whatever the well, it's it's not the the football stadium, which is yeah you know, is different, but yeah. Thank you for looking it up, Sean. Uh, T-Mobile Park. Sure. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah, so we're there. So we're all in there. So I was in the audience. I was there, you know, at the event, and uh, when Bomber was doing his run up to the stage. And and it, so famously, it came out in the press. It was talked about internally by employees. The fact that he jokingly, as I do air quotes here, um, as he was running up the stage, there was somebody who was recording him on an iPhone, and he ran over and grabbed it and did the kind of a as you know as the music is blasting, but you, you reporters who were closer got more of a firsthand experience of this. But he was just like, what is this? You know, you're using this other thing and pretended like he threw it at the ground. 
And, but that was a great example of like the angst, like, why would somebody be, you know, why are you not using a Windows phone? And uh, at the time, so this is back in, so that, what was that? 2006, 2007, 2008, when I was there, I left in 2009. Um, And uh, it made a big deal about that. And when Satya came out in that first keynote, the first couple keynotes that he did at you know, inspire the partner conference at Ignite and Build made a point to demo things on an iPad and an iPhone and, and to talk about that. You know, so yeah, there's huge change uh, around this. I mean, do we, I mean, is, is the, maybe this is the right place or time, uh, you know, around to get into whether the, the freemium is, model is still needed. Oh, I know it's, it's never a good time, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I just, I just question, like, do we really need to go and prove out with a new offering, have a freemium offer out there? I think it's the way of the world now. It is. It, you know, it, we've, I remember when a beta test used to be, you know, in true software terms, a beta test is still software that has been tested, largely resolved of issues. You know, the reason it's beta is because there's alpha testing and whatnot that comes before that. But as a society, as a world, we've gone to the point where stuff, even if as it's still baking with early access and whatnot, and this is particularly true in the gaming industry, as people are building things, you get access and you buy it as is, and it's you're buying into a promise. I think the freemium model is probably the most business savvy approach to that kind of thing. It's about as good as we're gonna get with business software. Cause we know Microsoft, the world relies on Microsoft to run businesses. Um, you know, Windows servers, operating systems, you name it, office software. This is what we do business with. We can't, you know, we can barely tolerate the issues in a product that is you know, released and considered bug free. We know nothing is ever bug free, but we can't go all the way down to early access with Microsoft. You know, I, you know, we internally with, you know, MVPs, we sometimes get early access to things and we know that there are plenty of bugs and whatnot, but the rest of the world can't operate that way. Can't run a business that way. So the freemium model, you know, I think it solves some of those problems in that it gets people earlier access but you know from a financial perspective i don't have to invest to try so how how long did google keep beta on gmail the label on there wasn't it like a decade isn't it still on there (laughs) is it still does it still say beta i know no it probably doesn't i'm being snarky but you're right it it was beta i'm gonna look i have to make sure (laughs) i don't know (laughs) Okay, no, it doesn't. All right. <laughs> yeah, but it did for like a decade, and and it was kind of they were mocked for that. Let's just, you know, so then you have a built-in excuse for something breaking, uh, sometime. Or we do like Apple does, where you know we release it out there, and rather than I know that Microsoft is famously made fun of for the blue screen of death, and you know, and never have that problem with Apple. It's like no, your Apple just turns off. <laughs> yeah. So that's actually built into the the design that it will shut down rather than show you a blue screen. Like does other things like it, 
you can't have an operating system. You can't have software without there being failures. There, there is some scenario that things happen within that. How you handle that, I think it's like, this has been a long time complaint for most IT pros is the quality of the messaging, the error messaging is, is a long time pain point. And no matter what solution you're looking at, is that you know, code pops up, you're like, what the hell does that mean? This, you know, An unexpected error has occurred. Yeah. What the IP load letter or PC load letter? That's what, what it is. What the heck does that mean? <laughs> PC, PC load, load letter. letter. Yeah. Uh, so Gmail was came out in 2004, was in extended beta until 2009. Wow. See, there so, you go. Quite some time. So yeah, you, you can't do can't do that. But yeah, there is that. So I'm talking with my daughter right now, who is um, she? She's wireframing out an application and talking with um, a potential investor and in building out an app and over in the healthcare world and going through. I I pointed her towards Basomic, and so oh, she's like, "I love this Basomic. app." Is I love Basomic too. She's like, "I love this app, Dad." I'm like, "Hey, best eighty five bucks. I think it's still eighty five bucks." That you spend on that, but building wireframes and modeling it out and having it clickable, actionable, all her wireframes and build out the interface and, and you know and, and talking with this potential investor and uh, talking with me and asking questions to kind of get her thinking about you know build wireframing the interface and all that. And and we talked about that. You know, does she need to start with a freemium model? Is that still a thing? And and I I said, well, if with her app, you know, it, it, it like any app, um, like like most of these business centric apps, like you need to have users on there to show value. It, it, it gets the value increases the more people that are using that. The Absolutely. only way you're going to get there is through the freemium model. Right. Low cost I just, of entry. I just no said, that was, entry. said I said this yesterday. I was talking with somebody, uh, said it repeatedly. It's like you you can't measure without movement so i mean that's true with like well how are people using the system well if no one's using the system you can't measure how people are using the system mm -hmm. you need people in there you need activity and this is the, the the difference between adoption metrics and engagement metrics adoption says everyone has a license everybody has been trained on it everybody is successfully logged in one time Therefore, hey, well, they've adopted the solution. Then they, if they log in once a week, I mean, it's just, it's a bad metric. It's a bad way of looking at usage data. Engagement, and you can define the level of engagement, the right level of engagement, but that's where we have adoption. So we have the initial login, everything's done correctly, and people are actually utilizing the feature we're seeing benefits out of that. And then you can talk yeah. about what's the baseline of engagement that we want or need. You know, they're logging in daily, they're doing you know, data move it, movement in the system, they're actually connecting with other people, they're completing their profiles, kind of all those other other things is a better measurement than that old adoption. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And things like gamification really help with that. So yep. You know. I'm sure you've had the conversation with your daughter about, you know, thinking one step beyond how do we make sure that people, how do we get those metrics from our software? And, you know, are you thinking about how you're going to measure this sort of stuff and report on it? I think what you're speaking of is 
telemetry, Sean. I'm going to take a drink there. That was the... Ah, yes. Telemetry is always... Oh, i got to take another sip. <laughs> it's always um, one, of, you know, uh, one of the drinking game keywords, so... <laughs> Um, well, so tell me about your Windows 11 experience, Sean. I mean, how has that been? Has it been buggy been, as all get out, or has it been pretty solid? Not at all. It's been very solid. Um, uh, occasional weird thing, but I, you know, for an operating system, it's almost just like Windows 10 with a smoother interface. You know, we've got rounded edges to Windows now. Um, mm. Yeah, the, I was constantly bumping on those sharp corners of my software. Yeah, I mean, I, I went to the hospital once. It was it was wow. really rough. Yeah. So they said, you know, smooth it off. Go buy an <laughs> Apple product. But um, no, the the interface, Microsoft just. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to get the joke out. I was just like, there needs to be like digital jergens applied to uh, <laughs> soften the rough surfaces of. <laughs> my gosh Sorry. hashtag dig digital jergens that's a uh, brand people i don't ever want to see that hashtag <laughs> and if i do i'm going to stop reading right away and turn it, my it machine will be off. applied to the wrong context i know i know okay yeah. anyway sorry so <laughs> so it's i will say you know from my perspective and you know to put things in context my primary laptop and my primary desktop have both been running Windows 11 for six, nine months now. Um, once I actually got it installed, that was the the first challenge, um, because you've you know Microsoft with Windows 10, you know we got well, it was Windows 10 was kind of like Windows 7, I guess. I I yeah, I thought it was. I mean, wasn't it? kind of a smaller footprint than Windows 7. So it was like, uh, you know, all the, the Windows 8, the Vista complaints, which I have to always, I always point out that Vista running with Parallels on my Mac was fantastic. On that hardware, Vista was beautiful. I'm sure. But, uh, but yeah, so I was a fan of 7 and 10 was very much like a return to 7. Yeah. So 11 visually, I mean, if you fire up a Windows 11 machine, the one thing, if you don't change the the settings, you'll notice that your taskbar icons congregate around the center of the screen rather than the left. I immediately put it back on the left for me. Yeah. Um, the start menu has changed. Uh, it's smaller. Uh, some things are a little harder to get to, but... Um, the various system dialogues for settings and whatnot have been redone. Um, you still got some where you fall back to the Windows 10 dialog, but overwhelmingly what you're looking at from, you know, Windows Explorer properties menus, uh, context menus, um, anything with the control panel has been redone um, and tried to become more consistent. Um, and it's it's just a smoother experience from an interface perspective. Um, a lot of the changes or some of the significant changes are what are going on under the hood. I mean, now we've got DirectX 12 for the gamers out there. Mm -hmm. Of course, we're still working on getting things that are DirectX 12 um, that utilize it. Right. But 
security wise, you need a um, you need um, a why am I blanking on the name of it? Mm. Oh, hang on a second here. But um, I'm just going to let you struggle here. Uh, look, <laughs> that, that never Waiting for Sean to uh, to, to answer. Well, uh, TPM, trusted oh, platform yeah, yeah. module. Yeah, that's right. For a lot of the security, there's a lot of virtualization uh, based security now that you can enable. If you do a fresh install, um, it turned on by default. If you do an upgrade from Windows 10, it tends not to be. But that's the idea that, you know, much like safe links in Exchange Online, where it'll explode or view the link content and deem it um, secure for you to actually process in the email client. It does that by sticking the content you're looking at um, in a virtual space. And so if something goes off the rails, you just shut it down. Windows now does that um, if you have virtualization, uh, the virtualization driven security. So enabled. what is that in um, in Doctor Strange uh, world? It's the what is it? The the oh, uh, the crystal. Yeah, um, the, the reality, realm. whatever. Yeah, the crystal. Yeah. Realm. That's right. So it's it, uh, it, it. If you don't know what we're talking about there with Doctor Strange, then uh, people I don't know who you are out there that don't understand a doctor. The mirror powerful. dimension, the mirror dimension. Thank you. Yeah, the mirror dimension. Um, but that, you know, just kind of sandbox things off where you could do no damage there very, very quickly. But isn't that, that's the leading reason why, like, my system, I can't upgrade it to it. And, yeah. and I'll just point out that my workstation, my primary workstation, that uh, Sean helped me set it up. So. <laughs> um, How many years ago? Yeah, it was what? Was it five years now? Was it uh, longer than that? I think it's like five years ago. Might I think be. It was. I but anyway, remember. it's it, and and uh, so, but that's actually kind of a, a question. So, I, so my um, my motherboard, my processor, it's not eligible for the upgrade there. I know that there's there's sites out there, people that have upgraded. Like, look, my I've got a powerful workstation. It it's I can do uh, all the virtual stuff on it. Like, it, it it it's got a great graphics processor. Like, there's no complaints about it. I'm not looking for change. I don't see any value right now in me even thinking about upgrading and worrying about uh, 11. There's no, there's no urgency for me around it. Um, I understand that there are security benefits, there's other things, but this is one of those areas where I'm just fine being a, you know, not quite a laggard, but um, being with the mainstream move. Yeah, casual now, adoption. Having said that, uh, in Hawaii last week, there was a really, so we were buying something at a little shop and it was moving really slow. And I look around and I'm like, what are you running there? And I see she had to XP. restart her system. It was an XP. Yes. And I, I I've not about that. the startup process. <laughs> yeah. The point of sale equipment, a lot of it, you know, they're, I think they're running it till it dies. Um, yeah. Oh, of course. They're just you know, happy that it's still running. Uh, well, what's the mobile version too? Is it uh, like, I've, I saw another one, this wasn't last week, but was, was it, 
Windows CE. Oh, that CE was for compact devices. That was yeah. for uh, like but handhelds. That, that, right. That's what they were oh running. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was uh, that was like a month or so ago. Saw that again. Yeah, right. I'm just like, what is that? What version is that? Yeah. So talk about oh, not not upgrading uh, hardware around that. But uh, so Windows 11. So I, like, I'm not making the move that I, from a uh, and I look. I'm not a dev. I'm you know I, I'm not an IT pro. I'm for the things that I'm doing just as a business user as a uh, you know for the productivity solutions that i'm i'm running for all the video and the content you know that i'm creating like i i don't see any need to move now in another year or two when i think about getting upgrading and getting another pc and getting the next powerful thing then that's when i'll make the transition is there any other reason that somebody would think about or should move forward with 11 today in your view i'm not doing the windows team any favors by not thinking of anything um, <laughs> but i i can't think i mean i adopted 11 just because you know i tend to want to run the latest but i'm not on the bleeding edge of this thing. I've, yeah. you know, there are versions, the Windows Insider program has about three different tracks and I tend to run things only one or two down. There's there's like the channel where they're constantly rolling new stuff in, um, which has the greatest uh, disposition for bugs. Um, I just wanted to have the latest and greatest because I mean, I've got, you know, my processor, Threadripper processor, I'm sure that there's some optimizations that are being uh, applied there. Yeah. But no, I mean, it was just to see what things are about because people are going to ask me. Yeah. So yeah. no, uh, I I am going to be building a, uh, a new game core for downstairs, mm -hmm. a new machine. I got one of the new uh, 12th generation uh, Core i7s yeah. um, that you know, has DDR5 support and all this other stuff, but um, I'll put Windows 11 on that um, just because I'm building a new machine and it makes the most sense. But yeah. I, yeah. you know, I, I don't have anything to really suggest it. It's a nice experience. Yeah, I, I, you know, I honestly, I don't know that it's a failure of Microsoft marketing around that just so much is, is uh, I don't think that they're pushing it um, I mean, obviously, you know, having the latest version uh, with new systems, you right. know, that just logically makes sense. But there's no, there, there, there's no rally, rally, right? It's there's nothing yeah. driving that yet. There's, you know, Microsoft, at least as far as operating systems go, I, I subscribe to PC Gamer, Maximum PC, a bunch of different um, mm -hmm. periodicals, and there's the the mentality that you know every other operating system from Microsoft is the one you want. Seven was great, eight blue, you know. Except on the Mac experience. <laughs> XP was great, Vista stunk. You know, ten everybody likes ten. People are going to skip eleven, and the you know the trusted platform module requirement is the one thing that I've heard more belly aching about 
than anything because you know you don't have to have a very old computer not to have a tpm 2.0 right. compatible module i mean a lot of them are came with tpm modules but they were you know 1.1 1.2 not 2.0 which is what windows 11 requires in fact i i had to enable it on my main workstation i wrote a blog post about it i'm like i didn't even know it was disabled by default so i had to go in and figure that out um because you know the 11 upgrade came to my laptop over here and my windows 10 desktop is going you don't you don't qualify i'm like well what, 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 what? this is newer than that come on right. yeah so figure it out but yeah, yeah. That, that's most of it um small performance hit i think for that virtualization based security they're saying like five percent potentially but you know other than that I'm, I'm still waiting to hear reports from lots more people i've got my own thoughts but yeah it's it's still relatively new well that's one of those things you just watch pay attention to that you know start looking for that again there's i have no plan immediate plans for the next at least year or two uh and then i'll come bug you again and be like what are your recommendations for this but like my when son you can't said, run the newest middle earth game huh there that's hey that's it's an important driver for me it's yeah. it's not for that me, it was yet, mech so. warrior the mech warrior series always drove my upgrades for you yeah. i know it's probably middle earth it is Any, anything lord of the rings related uh if i can't play it then something's got to change there um but uh well that you know and i know that we're 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 out of time here so um shared channels teams connect you know it's not uh, something i know that either of us have many thoughts on anyway uh <laughs> we'll have to do that we'll get veroski we'll do uh a, another something in early because that, that's uh for folks if you've Probably not, not done your, if you're not read up on um, microsoft teams shared channels capability um it it's a big deal um there are i have a lot of questions i won't say i have problems with it i do <laughs> but oh you've got problems questions. Well, no yeah, but it's, about that. it's more because questions around it. I need to dig more into uh, the details of that from a governance standpoint of managing this new thing. Uh, there's a lot of people that were thinking, oh, sure, channels. It's just like, uh, you know, kind of like with uh, private channels, like, no, it's a completely new and different thing, a different set of governance complaints. Yeah, around one this. other thing to confuse the hell out of people trying to administer your systems. But like anything, it's an opportunity, Sean, for partners and for MVPs to go and create solutions and and content and answer questions about it, it within their uh, live streamed AMA panels and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Fodder for the canon. Well, Sean, really appreciate you taking the time for this special Christmas edition, 2021, of uh, the Cloud Talk podcast. And Bunker Tunage is coming. Oh, awesome. Yes. It's already put together. I, in fact, it'll probably be up by the time you put this out on your uh, Collab Talk site. You know, I, I forgot about that and was in looking for some music to play, had Plex up, and I'm like, oh, yeah. So I had it running a couple of weeks ago, had it up and running just uh, throughout the house uh, via the Plex. So, <laughs> yeah, thank you for that contribution every year. Absolutely. But, uh, hey, Sean, people want to get in touch with you, find more about you. Where do they find you? Uh, a couple of different ways. I'm SP McDonough, M-C-D-O-N-O-U-G-H on Twitter. Uh, you can go to sharepointinterface.com. That's my blog. 
uh, spmcdonough.com is another way. Um, that's my about me page. So there's different ways if you poke around. If you find one SharePoint person uh, or Office 365 person, chances are they might be within Kevin Bacon distance to me. So well, there you go. And of course, you have Bit, Bitstream Foundry as well as another thing you can go search on and find Sean that way. So, Sean, yeah. thanks so much for your time. And we'll yeah. uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah. And uh, hope you have a wonderful holiday. You've been listening to the Collab Talk podcast. New episodes are published every Friday, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and most other podcast services. Thanks for listening. Hungry for more great content? You have to check out the Shift Happens podcast. I'm your host, Dux Raymond Sai, Chief Brand Officer at AppPoint. And I sit down to chat with top business leaders and IT professionals about their most challenging modern workplace projects. Tune in to hear real-life advice from industry peers on making plans and pivots, casual conversations exploring the latest trends in collaborative Microsoft 365 technology, and easy, actionable strategies to make organizational change happen. Subscribe to the Shift Happens podcast today, available on all major platforms. Can't wait to see you there. Shift Happens Podcast. <laughs>